This is Kate Beckinsale. You're listening to Bacon Sale. From the Bacon Cave, home of random skunk spray, lurking kitty cats, and sneaky spiders, it's Bacon Sale! (laughs) Tonight, we've got social media quotes for you, a history of late-night talk shows, tearing of hosts, and our musical guest, the outro montage. And now, here's your host for the evening, Joel, Kent, and That's a long Zach. <laughs> uh, <coughs> welcome to Bake Sale. Are you good? <laughs> welcome to Bake Sale. I'm Joel. I'm Kent. I'm Zach. Oh, no, 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 <laughs> don't do it again. Don't do even do it. They already turned off the episode. That was amazing. <laughs> like, that felt try. like 40 seconds. It's probably like eight. Yeah. <laughs> felt longer. Uh, we'd like to thank you for listening to our last show, our Amy Adams show with Jonathan Asgar. She's dreamy. He's a he. No, she. Amy Adams. <laughs> I said with Jonathan Vasgar. Yeah. He is He's dreamy. great. He's yeah. great. He's dreamy as well. Okay. <laughs> there was a, uh, multiple comments regarding the whole Isla Fisher, Amy Adams debate, okay. including a yeah. question asking, you know, how Jonathan felt having his Amy Adams show hijacked <laughs> by Isla Fisher. Um, but there was good that came of it. Todd Callen said, I haven't seen The Office or Talladega Nights in so long that I actually thought it was Isla Fisher. <laughs> Thanks to this episode and IMDb. I think I have it figured out. You're welcome. Yeah, there we go. Happy to help. And then Scott Sprague says, I would like to say something. I really enjoyed Nocturnal Animals. And hopefully I made Joel proud by watching it edited. Did. Did a little bit. (laughs) Did a little bit. Uh, yeah, and then I remember Jonathan Vesgar, someone asked him a question, like, how do you thought the show went? And he said, yeah, and basically, yeah, Kent came prepared, Zach was indifferent, and Joel went off the rails. So it felt like a regular episode. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm the one that's prepared? Something like that. Thanks, Jonathan. I, I just yes. remember I went off the rails, and I was like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Seeing as Kent is as in love with her as I am, that's Zach was. was indifferent, and Joel Hilton going merrily off the rails, it felt like bacon sale as usual. Accurate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and thank you for joining us, Jonathan, and thank you for listening to that. But that's not what we're talking about today. What are we talking about today, Zach? We're talking about the wild world of late night television. Late night talk shows. Well, late night talk shows. There's a, there's a wild world of late night television we're not getting into. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I don't want to do that. Um, but yes, if you are, uh, shall we say, of an older persuasion. Uh, you can say Gen X. <laughs> if you're of an older, if you were born in the 1900s. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, oh, can you do the old man Joel voice? Yeah. Well, yeah. back in yeah, the day. Uh, I'll, I'll get there. But uh, late night talk shows. These were things pre-internet where you could see celebrities just talking normal yeah. on TV, and it was cool. And now we hate celebrities because they share everything about their lives. Well, we'll get to that, how it mm-hmm. kind of changed the face of it. But this is talk shows. Uh, there's talk shows during the day, but we're specifically talking about late night talk shows, uh, which was popularized here in the United States. They came out of variety shows. Mm-hmm. Like back in the day, they'd have these... Laugh-in, uh, for example. Yeah, well, ra- radio and television shows where they'd invite musical guests on or comedians right. or um, other famous people to do something and, and kind of have a variety of acts come on. As it progressed, they ended up starting saying, okay, this is a, a good format. We could use mm-hmm. this slimmed down a bit. And the first, do you guys want to give a guess, guess of when the first late night television talk show was? Mm, 1968. 1948. Kent, you win. I what? Did it uh, like the year? Night, it was October 24th, 1949. Oh, wow. wow. The Faye Emerson Show, hosted by actress Faye Emerson. Really? 
Now, this wasn't the, the format we know. It, it was a little more uh, serious at times, too. And that was kind of the thing is these political talk shows are like news talk shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it wasn't until uh, The Tonight Show starring Steve Allen debuted in 1954 okay. on NBC that kind of set the format for what a talk show should be. Right. So typically with a talk show, you're going to have an opening monologue. And then you'll have celebrity interviews, maybe a couple little bits in between. I usually see it as a monologue first. I call it the bit at the desk. Mm-hmm. Yes. Some skit or Absolutely. something that happens. Yep. And then probably two celebrity interviews. The good guest and then the other guest. <laughs> and then you round it off with either a comedian or a musical host or musical band. Band. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. There's an artist that comes and sings a song. Yeah. But it's always in the name of promotion. There's yeah. a movie coming out. There's a new album coming out. There's you know some cause something. They're mm-hmm. they're they're there um, for a reason to you know it's, right. it's an ad. Exactly. And here's a funny story about my childhood or something yeah. like that. Yeah, because yeah. all it is is just them coming on to promote something right. or to fill time because someone else canceled. <laughs> uh, but NBC really did kind of hold the the reins on this until uh, they from the 50s and then in the 60s CBS and ABC started trying to get into it as well. They try to make it seem like spontaneous conversation, mm-hmm. people sitting down, having a conversation, kind of like Bacon Cell, yeah. where uh, I do have notes yeah. that I look at Except we don't rehearse the show. We don't. Right. And sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. Depends which host you get. All right. Some of them did not like any surprises. Others were completely off the cuff. Yeah. Uh, but for a while there, it really was interesting to see how talk shows were king, whereas now I don't think they are. Oh, they're anymore. not. Not at all. Yeah, which is which is weird because for a while there it really was like the thing to watch and everyone was talking about it. But now maybe because there's so many, maybe because the internet, we, maybe we get into that now. Why well, do you think talk shows aren't as big I, anymore? I think you got to look at the context of, of when they became popular and you know look at how people were consuming media at the time. Mm-hmm. Think about it is you know maybe you followed the news fairly closely, maybe you just had a, a cursory knowledge of what was going on. Yeah. But you always turn to the late night talk show host to either give you the summary mm-hmm. of what had happened or give you a humorous take on what you've already seen. Yeah. By the time the, the, you know, the news cycle goes through its thing, um, you, you will have already heard every joke about something on Twitter yeah. before the episode even has a chance to go out. Yeah. Poor writers. Yeah. We consume news so differently we consume celebrity so differently before this was your only way to see a, a candid version of a celebrity that you might be a fan of mm-hmm. yeah. you know you've seen harrison ford in movies but right. what is he really like yeah. oh he's subdued Basically. to say yes, the least he is and, a subdued and and now <laughs> he's a subdued now literally celebrities are are, are going live on social media mm-hmm. and uh, telling you all about their stuff you have all their press junkets where you see all these movie reviews where they're already promoting their stuff yeah we are saturated with the type of content that you get from these shows and look it's convenience that was broadcast tv time right mm-hmm. there was the news was literally on at 10 <laughs> depending on where you live and then at 10 30 of tonight's show or Letterman, yeah. right? Well, well, it's funny because over in the East Coast, it was like these were... Yeah, 11.30. Yeah, West Coast. They were yeah. just like 11.30, 12. Like they, yeah. That's why they called it the late show and the late, late show. Yes. They were literally late. But here it was and, right after the news. And so obviously streaming has changed everything because we don't right. want to wait through commercials anymore. We don't want to sit there and go, okay, I'm excited to see the guest, but it's after the bit at the desk segment mm-hmm. and another commercial. Now we choose. Or... YouTube. I think YouTube is the main reason why these late night shows don't do as well, which is funny because YouTube tries to push the the clips and the games that these late oh, night shows there's do. There's always a clip from a late night show on the trend. And I think they're, they're, they're forcing it. Yeah. 
Because, I mean, yes, it's probably the best part of an episode. Whereas we used to watch probably, I'm assuming, full episodes of these late night shows. Yeah, I mean, I usually watch. There were sometimes I'd watch just because the host. I like the host. I would watch the show no matter yeah. who was on. Right. There's other shows where I would be like, oh, who's there being on that show? I'll watch that segment and then I'll turn back to the host I mm-hmm. like. But generally speaking, I'd watch from beginning to end, from yeah. you know, the monologue to the to the band on a lot of these shows. Right. And I did enjoy it. I really did enjoy watching these back in the but, day, but not as much anymore. But it's also a demographic thing because older viewers generally would watch these these shows. Granted, when they changed the guard, kind of they have a new guard probably since the mid-2010s. Mm-hmm. I think the older viewers are like, no, I don't really want to watch this. Also, let's just call it out there, there is a certain president that every <laughs> joke became about. And then also a great deal of the audience was like, you know what? I can see this anywhere. Yeah. If we're talking about the, the current shift, there definitely yes. has been a, a major shift to the political. And that's, yeah, I think that's, that's a lot of, it's off-putting for some. A lot, well, that's the thing. A lot of early talk show hosts tried to remain apolitical so that they didn't alienate their audience, where I feel like as the years have gone on and certain shows have gotten popular because of their political commentary, mm-hmm. other shows have adopted that political commentary and it's kind of all gotten bitter and cynical and political to the point where it's no longer just good, clean, old-fashioned fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's there's one in particular on our list that we're going to look at that literally made his name off of a political misfortune. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so, and just to talk about that decline, I want to give uh, some examples of ratings throughout the decades. So Johnny Carson, right? Mm-hmm. We will talk about him. Yeah, from uh, The Tonight Show. His average viewership was 9 million per episode. Weird, wild stuff. And then his last season, now I'm talking his about last his last season. season, he had 19 million viewers a night. That's huge. Wow. And then you have still huge numbers with Jay Leno got in the 90s and 2000s, which to me, just because I wasn't in the Carson era, yes. I think it's the golden age of late night. Okay. Mm. Uh, maybe silver. There's an argument there. Yeah, I'm going to say silver, because, but you had Leno and Letterman, and we'll get there. But Leno got 6 million viewers a night. Letterman got 4.3 million average viewers. So still crazy high numbers. Conan got 2.5. Craig Ferguson got 1.4. And you're like, that's pretty low. But now... The highest rated show is Greg Gutfeld on Fox News. Who? Yeah. Well, it's not late night. That's just talk show. No, right? he, it's a late night show. He is has it? comedy and guests. Never heard of him. And he gets 2.3 million average viewers. Colbert gets 2.1. I was going to say Colbert I thought was the big Fallon's one. Fallon's 1.3. And big, 2.1 compared to 10 years ago. Yeah. Nothing. And then, uh, yeah, Fallon gets 1.3 and Kimmel gets an average of 1 million viewers per episode. But those are, those are Those are... Those are rookie numbers. Those it's are, a lot of numbers. Those, those yes. are bacon cell numbers. But it's just declining. And, and it, obviously, the internet has changed everything. The Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon on YouTube has 31 million subscribers. Mm-hmm. Well, that's just it. I, I wonder how many people watch, though. Their last few videos uh, have 100,000 views or less. Yeah, that makes sense. But they do usually build unless it's like something big. Like I see a lot of these clips. It's like 3.2 million or oh, 1.2 com- million. They did a video uh, that was uh, Groot singing Star Wars at 300 million Right, views. but compare that to a basic vlogger, a basic YouTuber that may basic get 1 podcaster. million. Yeah, a basic podcaster that gets those kind of views. Maybe not 300 million, but a million at a time mm-hmm. just for not doing much. Yeah. It's and pretty I, crazy. And I think that's another reason of the decline is that anyone and everyone has has a platform now. Yeah. Like we, we literally from bacon. So yeah, we sit here, we sit here at this little lifetime table <laughs> here in the bacon cave and we're Indeed. like, Hey, we're making content for the audience. Right. And we haven't, we've interviewed maybe one celebrity, uh, in the <laughs> yeah. time of bacon cell, 
But anyone can get on YouTube and create a talk show. Anyone can get on, on some sort of stream platform and do a talk show. You don't need to have a network approve you and hire you and contract you. <laughs> Especially when it did reach you know peak pandemic and all of these shows went to their house. Yeah. And you would watch them and go, wow, I can name five YouTubers off the top of my head who are way better than you. Yeah. I think that's another reason for the decline. Yeah. We all experience better after that. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, I think there's a couple different milestones we'll, we'll talk about that will come up again and again of kind of that... Uh, broke the mountain upon which talk shows were on. Right. There's a couple big hits to it that I think really kind of started that decline. Mm -hmm. But there are still things that I enjoy about them. I'm not saying I'm watching any of these in their entirety anymore, Mm -hmm. but I do watch clips from certain ones and enjoy them. Okay. But uh, what we have done is we have taken 15 talk show hosts. Yes, and there are 15. Are going, In fact, there are more. There are more. There are more. We yeah, we're to, sorry we left some off. We're sorry, Craig Kilborn. But we are going to whittle these down to just 15, and we have five tier ones, five tier twos, and five tier threes. Tier ones being the best, tier threes being the worst. I hated this. Well, and because we, for me, it's five tier ones, <laughs> 10 tier threes. But we, <laughs> No joke. But that's why we do the tiers is so we have to force ourselves to rank things yeah. instead of just saying they're all tier one or they're all for tier the three. first time ever. So what I do when I get these lists, mm-hmm. um, I just go through and give my gut reaction. And generally, I have to tweak from there. OK, this is the first time ever. My gut reaction. I looked at the numbers is like five, five, five. OK, I'm done. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> nice. So we're going to go through these together and see if we agree on who is the best and who is the worst. Shall we? Let's start with Johnny Carson. It's a very good place to start. Here's Johnny. Here's Johnny. Born 1925, died in 2005. Oh, Mm -hmm. you got that, do you? Yeah, and he hosted The Tonight Show from 1962 to 1992. 30 years. Yeah, 30 years on the same show uh, with his co-host Ed McMahon on NBC and the NBC Orchestra. That's 30 seasons and 6,714 episodes. Wow. (laughs) If you watch Johnny Carson, you're going to see things like Karnak the Magnificent, Mm -hmm. where he will... uh, he he gives the answer and then he gives the question. It's it's a weird. It's almost it's an old fashioned format, but there's something actually very endearing about I it. I like that. Like oh, little puns there. Uh, he also did headlines, which a lot of other mm-hmm. uh, oh, Tonight I didn't Show. Oh, know that. Yeah, Tonight okay. Show later people have done as well. Uh, this was the third iteration of the Tonight Show, so we're not going to be talking about Steve Allen or Jack Parr. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly just because we don't have a lot of experience right. watching those. Uh, Zach, I'm pretty sure you never saw a Johnny Carson episode. Live? No. Yeah. Because uh, we're clips. Compilation. Episodes since? Sure. Absolutely. But never live. Yeah. I, I did see, um, I remember seeing some of them because this yeah. is, you know, I'd watch it. Right. Your parents were probably watching it after yeah. the news. Yeah. Right? I watched some segments and I was like, yeah, he's funny. I liked him. But he is the one who kind of said, okay, we're going to do this monologue about 16 to 22 one-liners and then we're going to do sketch comedy. Then we're going to do interviews and stand-up comedians. Like he kind of and, the, and the, the, format. the suit behind the desk and the, the couches that's kind of it, it always seems like the, the clips i see it's like him and don rickles or or people like comedians from the past yeah rodney dangerfield or whatever but it's generally the clips i remember the most are the comedians that got their start on the show yeah and maybe i think that's why the legacy is so strong even till now because you have these people that have had sitcoms now and become huge and it was a got their start there big deal he, he normally wouldn't talk to guests outside yeah. of the 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 desk Mm -hmm. but if the deal was if you like you were a comedian you're doing a comedy bit if he invited you over for an interview after a little chat it means he really liked you. yeah and a lot of people watch for that like oh he invited him in let's get that guy under contract so they gave him a big lunch he actually like he did start off with a little more kind of more political show Mm. uh, but then he kept wanting to interview celebrities so that's why they ended up moving his show over to hollywood so they could get more of the west coast Mm. celebrities over there that's what brought the Tonight Show over to the West. Critics of the time said he has a middle class elegance, 
like talking to celebrities and becoming buddies with the yeah. elites. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what he's able to do is kind of bring them down a level. Yes. Whereas then they could tease him and he could also take it. And he was very witty. But he only laughed when he was genuinely amused. Yeah. Like he, he was a comedian where. Like, so he's like the anti-Fallon. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Save it. But he would also cut short uh, interviews if they were not going well. Really? Yeah. He just kind of be like, all right, let's go to commercial and just be done with it. Wow. So he kind of was no nonsense in that way. He didn't like sentimentality a lot as it neared the end. And I, I do remember watching the end mm-hmm. episode, which was 50 million people tuned, out, Crazy. tuned in for that finale. He had no guests and he just kind of uh, had invitation only with friends and family of the audience and, and uh, friends and family of the crew in the audience. And he gave kind of just a little retrospective about what, what it was like. And yeah. I, I really loved how he just talked about, yeah, I'm, I'm just ending. I, I, even though he was on top, he's like, yeah, I've, I've done 30 years. I'm good. Mm-hmm. And he yeah. passed the torch. So you guys may not agree because I'm older and wiser than both of you. Um, <laughs> oh, wiser now. I had okay. to put wiser in there. That's that what I, you're I, I feel bad if I just say older. But you're like I, 10 minutes older than Kent. <laughs> <laughs> He's not even my age right now. <laughs> <laughs> I give it a tier one. I, I do oh, think okay. Jody Carson is a tier one host in the sense of setting the format, the respect paid there, but also just watching him. He is, I forget, I assume at the desk, mm-hmm. he does comedy. Like you see him dress up in, in ridiculous costumes right. and do ridiculous sketches and put himself out there. I think Johnny Carson is great as a host. I give him a tier one. Well, Joel, I am taller than you. That so, is true. Uh, that, that's all I can say. You're right like there. a minute taller than me. <laughs> <laughs> taller is a distant? Okay. Parsec? Yep, it's Parsec. But yeah, he's the king of late night. This is an easy tier one. Purely for legacy, but also he just, he created the, the format. If you haven't seen a clip of Johnny Carson doing an interview, you should. He's he's quite entertaining. Zach? Well, I'm a young, uh, yeah. so I don't really know a ton about this guy. So that means I obviously have to knock him down a peg. Which is understandable. Yeah, we get it. But I, I just can't. He's too good. I love Johnny Carson videos. I, again, I didn't get to experience it live. I've watched a lot of clips of him since, and you can just tell there is, a, an, I don't know, a casual elegance yes. about how he does things. He just right. makes it look easy, honestly. Mm-hmm. Easygoing kind of guy and very funny. So, of course, he's tier one. Oh, all right. Wow. Have, there we have, go. Has wow. Be, we all agree on the be. first one. What is this? <laughs> this is not bacon sale. Now, uh, let's move to, uh, I don't know, a little earlier for me. I didn't have a lot of experience with this person as well, but we're going to go to Arsenio Hall. Oh, man. Okay, all of us committed to the voice. All of us committed to the voice. None of us committed to the... I put my hand up. You put it up. You didn't do the whole fist waving. Listen, look at me. Joel, look at me. I'm the captain now. But you did it. You did it. We all did it when he came out. I, I mean, there is just... I'll throw it out there. Yeah. There's not a lot of diversity on this list. <laughs> oh. Glad to have Arsenio here. <laughs> so he was on the Arsenio Hall show from 89 to 2014-ish. Well, Ish. there was a big old break. Yeah, there, right? okay. I, sh- I should clarify. His show actually ended in 1994, and there was a revival in 2013. Yeah. So it went six seasons, 1,406 episodes total. Again, I didn't have a lot of experience with this show. Have so you seen I, clips? I've seen a lot of clips. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I don't know if I can speak very intelligently to it, but I'll say... This show has a really good vibe to me. And it, it did. Is, it is very, it seems very casual, very fun. And it was, it was something different. I remember watching Arsenio and was it on Fox? It was on Fox. Yeah, it was on yeah. Fox. So it was like this different kind of edgy well, show. He's a likable that's what, guy. That, that's what Fox did well, I guess, is kind of, it was a new voice as far as a network goes. And so it was, there was so much new talent that it went on Arsenio and it was like people you wouldn't normally see on a Jay Leno. 
yeah. at that time. Yeah. I so, mean, the, the, there's a couple clips of, of back and forth between him and Will Smith yeah. doing your mama jokes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do, and it's, it's, it's really legitimately funny. Yeah. But then there's a clip that was actually shown on the uh, documentary. Mr. Rogers went on Arsenio mm-hmm. Hall yeah. Yeah. and put one of his flashy jackets on. Well, it, it's just, <laughs> I do want to point out my intro was actually kind of based on Arsenio Hall's okay. intro. Yeah. Because the uh, Burton Richardson was the, was the announcer and he would hold um, the letter O as long as he could. Mm-hmm. Well, he'd hold it for 10 seconds usually, but then yeah. in like one of them, he did it like in 20 seconds in the final episode, which was the longest he ever did. So yeah. I, don't, I don't know if I hit that. We'll have to go back and time it. I don't remember any sketches from this show, but he was good at interviews. Yeah. And his monologues were okay. He did a couple different bits. Like they had the dog pound, which was box seats right behind the yeah. band. And like it would put humorous little captions on it. Like, you know, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but mm. like, the people in the witness protection program or people oh, okay. who still believe JFK was assassinated by aliens or whatever. I don't mm. remember what it was, but, and of course we did the, woo, 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 the yeah, that whole thing that, that was his thing. Uh, he had a segment that was called uh, where he pondered thoughts, uh, funny uh, on long drives. He, he joked around that he drove all the way from, I think it was Cleveland all the way to Los Angeles every day. For every show? Yeah, for every show. Okay. That's what his joke was. But then he said on the long drives, he'd have these things, things that make you go, hmm. Oh, wow. And that that's is... so early 90s. That gag is what inspired the song by CC <gasps> Music Factory. What? Yeah. So that's the influence there. Huh. Uh, he had been a host on the, the Late Show in 1987 for 13 weeks before doing the Arsenio Hall Show. Uh, but he had a couple notable interviews I want to bring up. One of my favorites was when he interviewed Jason Voorhees. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he had Jason Voorhees come out. It was for... It was for it was for Jason Takes Manhattan, which is a stupid movie. Mm-hmm. But they had the guy in full costume come out and, of course, didn't speak the whole time. And Artino's just making jokes and he's kind of being menacing sitting there. But I was just like, what? What is happening right yeah. now? There's a good Jim Henson one. That's a pretty, it's a classic. That was 12 days before Jim Henson died. Really? That's like one of his final appearances yeah. in public. And then, of course, Bill Clinton playing mm-hmm. the saxophone. Playing the saxophone. Crazy. Was, that was the moment that kind of made all the politicians go, Oh, maybe maybe I should because then Bill Clinton ended up being I should elected be cool. What? president. What if I was relatable? And he's like, Oh, what I should probably do that then. So that kind of this did that. That, yeah. that broke that ground. Yeah, for me, Arsenio, his smile was infectious, mm-hmm. very affable, fun to watch. That said, the legacy isn't quite there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's I did watch a ton because I was watching a lot of Fox at that time. Yeah, but by all accounts, the 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 reboot whatever didn't didn't go very well. no, no. it's only a year yeah. no i remember yeah. watching that and being like i remember it was like i think magic johnson was on the show and it was mm-hmm. arsenio hall interviewing him and i was like what year is it oh yeah it was just like this was supposed to be in the 90s it's a very 90s show yeah, yeah. in a good way oh and so he, he did really well in the ratings he was he was for the mtv generation they called it but when uh the great schism happened and david letterman got mm-hmm. his own show and it was around the same time slot. That's kind of what started the decline of his show, where yeah. a bunch of syndicates were saying, no, we're going to show David Letterman instead of Arsenio Hall. And it kind of started killing his ratings. And his show was in decline a little bit as sure. well. And that kind of killed it off. But I still think of this show fondly, just not a lot. Yeah. So it's a tier two. I agree. I think it's a tier two. Again, I th- he seems very likable. And I do. I like this show from from my perspective as a little 90s time capsule. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of the clips you go back and see, they're very poor quality on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but but interesting guests. I do think it was very enjoyable. Tier 2. Ah, we're agreeing again, guys. Okay. What? Because I enjoyed the show. I, I watch clips from every single talk show host we're going to talk about yeah. tonight. Yeah. Just today. Just binge watched a bunch of them. His interviews were entertaining. They weren't amazing, but I remember fondly the show, so I'm giving it a cheer to as well. Okay. Yeah. Now we'll talk about Seth Meyers. From Who? Late Night with Seth Meyers. <laughs> <laughs> He's the guy that was on SNL for a minute. Oh, yeah. Really? Really. What? 
Really? Really. Uh, so he has been the host since 2014 to present. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't believe it's been that long. Yeah. 10 seasons, 1,421 episodes. But I've wow. also probably only seen four episodes. Yeah. And so. this is the fourth incarnation of the late night franchise started by David Letterman. Yeah. Uh, Which went to Conan, then to Fallon, then to Fallon. and then now to Seth then Myers. Seth Myers. Does Seth Myers have legs? Because <laughs> here's the thing. Stand. So when he started the show, he tried to follow everyone else's format, where he stands and gives a monologue, and then he sits down at the desk and does a sketch and yeah. talks to people. But he I wasn't good. He wasn't good. And I was it COVID when he actually no, just sat it was down well and before. Started, was it? It was because he was at his most successful uh, doing uh, Saturday Night update. Live Weekend Update. Yeah. yeah. So he just said, "I'll just do Weekend Update." And then you started wearing normal clothes, like flannels yep. every day. Yeah, he says, I'm never going to wear a suit again after COVID. Really? Yeah. He's, he's anti-suit. So in what he does now is he does this segment called A Closer Look. And it basically, it is very similar to what The Daily Show has always done, mm-hmm. right? Where he satirizes uh, some current event and, you know, just mocks it and mocks everyone in America for it. And I think that's probably his most successful sketch. That's the, mm. I think, not, I don't want to say the thing that sets him apart because mm-hmm. there is other type of content out there, but I think it is what that show does best. Yeah. I would say Fred Armisen as as once is the lead of his band, mm-hmm. that set him apart at first, but that was only for like six months or something. You knew it wasn't going to last. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is funny because this, this uh, where they record Late Night with Seth Meyers is directly above Studio 6B where The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon is. Okay. And they're worried about sound bleed. Like you hear oh, no, they want things. the applause coming from The Tonight Show so, to be there at Seth Meyers. <laughs> the Tonight Show airs at 5, uh, or excuse me, tapes at 5, okay. and Late Night tapes later in the evening at 6.30 because, spoiler alert, everybody. No. They, they don't record hey, them that late at night. Have you guys been to a show? I have. Are you going to save it for when you actually talk yes. about it? Okay. Yes. Nice. Good to hear. But I, uh, I have wanted to for a long same. time. And a lot of them, they only record four nights a week so they record double up on thursday so they don't have to be there on friday oh so sometimes they have two audiences those days okay and and another thing most of these are free yeah meaning you don't have to pay to get in to watch these shows yeah difficult to get tickets but they don't charge you yeah cool so if you ever want to go you probably could i want to like seth meyers we literally stopped talking about Seth Meyers <laughs> while we were talking about <laughs> Seth Meyers. No, it's because he's so forgettable. And I just don't see an impact there at all. He's smarmy, but so are all of them. They, yes. I, I would actually say he's less objectionable than most, but for me, forgettable. Yeah, that's some. it puts him somewhere in the middle of, of a grand scheme. Like, you don't really hate him. Right. You don't really love him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think as far as his interviews, because I, I also watched, I, I specifically wanted to see uh, their interview skills and right. kind of how they, they handled it. And I think that Seth Meyers has a, a way of making people seem to feel very comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I especially like his interviews with his buddies. You know, when like if you're going to watch an interview with John Mulaney, John Mulaney do the Seth Meyers one yeah. or even the Fred Armisen one or... Um, you know, just people from NBC or SNL or if somebody you can tell they're, they're friends, great interviews. But overall, I don't watch his show because I don't find a reason to. I'm, I'm a little obsessed with premieres and finales. Mm-hmm. And, and most of these I've seen their premiere and most of these I've seen their finale. Well, I, the yeah. ones that have ended. Yes. I, I watch the finales as well, even if I'm not a big fan of the show. Because I just kind of had this weird obsession with it. And I remember watching Late Night with Seth Meyers being like, oh, he's the guy from Weekend Update. This will be SNL. This will be funny. Mm-hmm. I was not impressed no. with that first episode. And I watched a few more and also wasn't impressed. So I ended up kind of just not watching anymore. And I'm giving this a tier three because wow. I, even the clips I watched, I think he does have a good rapport with the people. I just yeah. don't think he's that good at hosting a show by himself. He's not particularly engaging. He's a rapport guy, not a humor guy. No, to me. not super funny. There's cleverness there. Sure. He's, he's got one. But note. I wouldn't jump straight to entertaining. Yes. That's my problem. He's not so super entertaining. He's tier three. 
I gave him a tier two. That's nice. That's very generous. I I gave him a tier two. I don't, I think he seems like a nice man. <laughs> now we're going to talk about John Stewart. Born 1962, he hosted the John Stewart Show on MTV from 1993 to 1995. Joel, did you ever watch this show? I think I did watch the John Stewart Show. It was kind of funny. I mean, it's yeah. MTV, right? So it's real low quality. Yeah. Not a lot of standards there. Uh, and then, yeah, he was on The Daily Show from 1999 to 2015. That was on Comedy Central. And he's probably most famous for giving Steve Carell and John Oliver and Stephen Colbert their starts. Yeah. Because they were... Daily Show correspondents. Yeah. And The Daily Show... We'll probably more focus on that, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's so the that's one. what made him most famous. But it is this kind of political satire show, and that it was politics was its beat. That's kind of where it at those wheelhouse. Would you say he was good at interviews? Yes, because he he's he is an intelligent person. Yes, he's very curious, and that comes across. But his guests are often not very good. <laughs> I, I do feel or at least uh, pl- uh, pop culture relevant. As um as an interviewer, I do find him to bait a little bit. Yeah. Into what he, whatever he wants it to go. Yeah, he's to, good at that. It's that's not a bad thing. It's mm-hmm. his show, but um, yeah, I, I think because he is on the more intelligent side as far as the the realm of talk show hosts, right? Um, there is interesting stuff that can come from that. But you're right. The guests he gets are like, you know, you, this should be an important person, mm-hmm. but like you could also have a celebrity. That'd be cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny what the Daily Show did. The legacy of it is kind of yeah. Here's news. Here's cable news. It's very divisive. Here's comedy. <laughs> Right, yeah. and that—that's how people started consuming, especially millennials started consuming news, news with a cynical through, eye through the Daily Show. Which, yeah. well, also fun fact: John Stewart wasn't the first host of the Daily Show. No, nope, it was Craig Kilborn. Yeah, oh, poor you want to give him another shout out? <laughs> yeah, poor guy. We did, we did, he didn't make the cut of the list. Yeah, and I feel bad because there's there's two franchises that he was a part of that we're just kind of and jumping over. One thing I respect about John Stewart is obviously he's very progressive, but he made fun of politicians on both sides. Right, yeah. both he, sides of the aisle. He had a way of doing it humorously mm-hmm. where he would poke fun and it wasn't bitter or cynical. Even if he was ranting, yeah. it was still like goofy in yeah. a way. And in fact, I, I kind of miss that when he's come back on to some of these talk shows and his brand of comedy. I'm just like, I like that. Mm-hmm. That's funny. But I think the reason to watch this show, like he's great, but the reason to watch the show was this, the uh, correspondence and yep. the special reports they did. And I would almost say that was his bit at the desk sort of thing yeah. where you're going to see six minutes of some hilarious documentary footage yes and so for me that was like like seeing lewis black or like you said uh rob cordry steve carell all those guys all amazing yeah Uh, there's one clip that we that i watched so many times because it made me laugh over and over Mm -hmm. again where it was uh interviewing someone about the confederate flag and just i I don't want to go into it here but it was just one of those bits that i went you can't say that. That's hilarious. <laughs> this one that stays in my head rent free is they were talking to this kid and his head was too big for a football helmet. And so he couldn't play on the high school team because they couldn't afford buying a bigger helmet. And the interviewer, I think it was like Rob Cordry said, if your head could talk, what would it say? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. I need a bigger helmet. And I was dying. <laughs> yeah, there's some definitely good bits here. But at the same time, I didn't watch this one as much as other people. I remember people would talk about it all the time and I'd watch it here and there, but it never really pulled me in. Sure. Also um, being on Comedy Central, a little bit harder to access. Yes. For those of us who didn't have cable. Mm-hmm. I'm giving this one a tier two because I definitely find enjoyable things about it, but it's not, it wasn't a must watch. Hey Joel, cut it out. It's tier two. Guys, tier two. Yeah. yeah. Are we going to agree <laughs> on no, every single one? I, on the other I, one. I gave Seth Meyers a pity vote. That's but, right. That's but right. Seth Meyers might take my other tier two because there's some I just don't feel good about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, do you remember uh, you remember Carson Daly? 
Because I didn't. No, listen. <laughs> Dude. Everyone remembers him because he won't let you forget. Here's what Carson Daly has done. I would actually call him the white noise of popular media. Uh-huh. Because he's just there. He's the boring guy. He's been on TRL that's, from 1998 to 2003. Then he did. And the thing we're talking about is last call with Carson Daly. That's 2002 to 2019. Which, let's all admit it right what? now. This was, yeah. yeah. 2019. Hold on. 2019. Right 2002, it didn't end in 2009? Well, 18 seasons, 2000 episodes. No, but think about it. How did I not know no, about this show? you didn't know because there was, there was Jay Leno. There was Conan, and then there might have been a like uh, hunting and fishing show for half an hour, <laughs> and then there was Last Call of Carson Daly. No, literally, and all the footage is black and white. It looks like a snuff film. No, literally, <laughs> this was a show you watch when you forgot to turn off the TV, and you woke up like oh, you woke a up, nightmare. Uh, Carson Daly. Oh, uh, <laughs> is, is he it, talking to Hinder? Uh, is this either going to be a, a, a CD of Celine Dion hits or Carson Daly? <laughs> yeah, it, it, they literally recorded in the same studio as Saturday Night Live. Yeah, and they had to work around Saturday Night Live's schedule because when they were using it. They couldn't use it. And it was really just him talking to the camera and then maybe doing an interview that was already pre-edited. Yeah. I had no idea about this show. So I pulled up some clips. Yeah. And the very first one, it's him sitting on a couch or sitting on a chair next to, uh, uh, what's her name from Batman Begins? Katie Holmes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they're just sitting there and he's like introducing her as she's I just saw that sitting same clip. right there. Yeah. Like it's not like uh, really? oh my next you know sitting at the desk oh my next guest is there's yada, no to come through no the, there's no band it's uh, so lifeless and no dull. jokes monologue well then I think we watched you watched the same clip I did he's yeah. like well you had to have done something bad in your life right tell yeah, me about something yeah. bad you did she's like oh. and she's just talking to him like one on one yeah <laughs> it's really weird but listen he won't go away he's on the Today Show as a correspondent yeah he started the Voice in 2011 and he hosts that show <laughs> this guy he's probably made of money. It's probably he was personally financing Last Call with Carson Daly. Yeah, he was Ryan Precrest. <laughs> <laughs> Just before Ryan. Well done, sir. Okay. Uh, but Carson Daly is is I like his appearance in the movie Josie and the Pussycats. I don't mind his appearance. He's a good looking person. He's a good looking but, guy. Uh, <laughs> but I, this show was so dull. So dull. Every oh, time yeah. it would come up, I was like, oh, that's my signal to go to bed. Yeah. So I'm giving you should have been up that late. Tier three. We're talking about the shows a lot. I tried to separate the host from the show, Mm -hmm. honestly, um, because I do. There's a distinction. However, he is dull. Yes. I mean, yes, the show is boring, but he he's just I don't get why he hosts so many things. Maybe it's because he's just he's got money there. Yeah. Yeah. This is an easy tier three. Easy tier three. I'm so sorry. It's okay if we agree. It just means we're right. I'm I'm apologizing to Carson Daly. Oh, he does listen. Um, I don't. He's our listener. I don't. (laughs) I don't apologize. <laughs> right now, let's talk about one of the Jimmys. Let's go with Kimmel. One of the Jimmys. Which one? Which Jimmy Kimmel? Because K- K- well, I've wow. seen like three variants of Jimmy Kimmel. Um, oh, let's yeah. say uh, the Jimmy Kimmel that was built in the talk show host lab. Because that's the version that's on TV right now. Yeah. He is a checklist of a talk show host. Absolutely. With, without any of the zest. <laughs> but Kid, you want to talk about the shows he's been on? Yeah, so he got a start on the radio. That's what he was doing like K-Rock back in the day. He met Adam Carolla, and they got involved with Comedy Central. So he didn't actually want to be a TV guy, though, because I don't really think he was originally destined to be on TV. He had a face for radio. Yes. But in 1997, he was on Win Ben Stein's Money, which I watched all of the time. Really? Yeah, all the time. I loved it. Because I love Ben Stein. And then he was on The Man Show with Adam Carolla in 1999. That was a show that I definitely tried not to watch. I watched because that was when I was a pervert. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought that kind of stuff was funny. Yeah, I was a teenager. It was kind of this, you know, intentionally... It was was absolutely gross. Intentionally chauvinistic show. Yes. Yes. Like... Seeing what they could get away with. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. These outlandish stunts and trying... In all the name of manliness. And And then somehow... And this was, what, 2003? 
ABC was like, hey, we want to try a late night show again. Jimmy Kimmel Live. Let's give yeah. that a shot. Yeah, and it's still going. It's been going for a long time. And I would yeah. say we've seen two versions of Jimmy Kimmel. I, I you know, like an Andy Richter back in the day. That's how I picture yeah. him. I but he's just kind of throwing stuff out there and trying to find himself, and it's kind of fun to watch. Whereas now, it's really not fun to watch. It's very formulaic. Mm-hmm. It's very by the numbers, paint by number. But twenty-one seasons, three thousand five hundred eighty-eight episodes. And if you watch Jimmy Kimmel nowadays, you're going to see uh, reoccurring gags such as mean tweets. Uh, Matt Damon jokes. Uh, political messages. We, we apologize. We ran out of time, Matt Damon. Political messages. Uh, Halloween costumes. Because I love every year they do have good Halloween costumes show. I ate my kids Halloween cam- candy. Does pranks with John Krasinski. Unnecessary censorship. Like there's these bits that have Th- been that, I love that. I know you do. I <laughs> Take it easy. See, it to me, any, anytime he smiles or laughs, it seems like he's in pain. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Well, he's, so he was kind of this doughy guy at first that mm-hmm. was just kind of goofy. But then he slimmed down and then grew facial hair and, and got then, serious. And then his activism kind of ruined his sense of humor. A little bit. A little bit. I think the show itself really feels like the, the true example of the modern talk show, which is we're going to get these clips on YouTube. Yes. And that's how I've right. seen so many of these uh, he was one content. Of the, he was one of the first ones to kind of like the that. mean tweets. I've seen. I think they're very funny. They I don't real. have. Yeah, I don't think they're real. Questionable. I look at them and I laugh and I have no idea that they're associated with Jimmy Kimmel Live. But I do think he has some funny bits. There are some th- clips I watch on YouTube that make me laugh. Mark Rober kind of got more famous by going on Jimmy Kimmel with the side really? segments. Yeah. Hmm. And so I do find some parts of Jimmy Kimmel. Has funny. he ever had a musical guest on his show? Oh, yeah. Has he? Well, he for has some reason, him, I don't remember seeing He has anyone. him outside a lot of times. Like, oh, uh, I remember he used to do that. stage set up and everything. Actually, yeah. Okay. I yeah. take it back. And then he has Guillermo, which uh, yeah, some of the great. stuff with that makes me laugh as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he pranks his relatives, which is always funny to watch because relatives are <laughs> to me it's quite excited the legacy sketches that kind of keep any sort of like good memory of him in my mind mm-hmm. and it would be the the halloween candy stuff or censorship or whatnot yeah. or anything guillermo but him as a person right now i cannot watch him he's gotten really? a lot more bitter as it's gone along but he still gets a tattoo i think he is the definition of mid yes he is in the very very middle of my list mm-hmm. he like you know, the kids these days, they say mid, it's kind of an insult. And I, I, I mean that about him. This guy's mid. Yes. He's, he's honestly not that bad, but he's never been all that great. Tier two. We've got to stop agreeing. Okay. Because I do find some stuff funny, but I don't sit down and watch full shows. Oh, one of my favorite moments, and I have to mention this. Um, he actually uh, had to leave the show for a bit because of a family thing. Yeah. And they had substitutes come on and they had Kristen Bell. For, I for a while. Yeah. 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 For Kristen Bell was on as the host. And she had Adam Scott on there from Parks and Recreation. Great. And they invited Mark Hamill, his hero. Oh, it was great. Uh, on the show. And he freaked out. It is one of my favorite talk show moments of all time. Mm-hmm. It's great. But it wasn't Jimmy Kimmel. And Jimmy was Kimmel wasn't even on it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Tier two all around for Jimmy Kimmel. Next up, we have Trevor Noah. Born in 1984. Hosted The Daily Show. He took over for Jon Stewart right. from 2015 to 2022. Mm-hmm. Yep. And... Um, he he replaced. He was announced as kind of the the next host of the Daily Show, and everyone was kind of like, "Who's this guy?" Yeah, he was, he a, was a contributor on the show a few times. Yeah, yeah. pretty popular. Yeah, but still. But he's uh, from South Africa, I believe, mm-hmm. and people didn't really know him around here. And when he started on the Daily Show, ratings declined by thirty seven percent. Yeah, uh, they they did increase from there, but he did fall to the lowest ratings in fifteen years wow. in twenty twenty. I think more than you know, like something like the Tonight Show or the Late Show. 
people tune into that show. I, I think they tuned in to John Stewart. Yes. yes. Not to The Daily Show. So yeah. I, that doesn't surprise me in the slightest. Also, I think something happened with the format of The Daily Show because YouTube existed at this point or the other shows were doing political commentary yeah. at that point. To, yeah. It, you, Phil DeFranco exist, yes. existed. Yes. Yeah. And so there was no longer the edge, the cynical edge that The Daily Show had over the other ones. It was mm. just another show that mostly focused on politics and honestly mostly focused on one side of the aisle. Well, Trevor Noah's style of comedy is not my style of comedy. I'll say that. Okay. Just I've watched some of his his com- like comedic routines, and mm-hmm. I watch him on the Daily Show, and it's just it's not my thing. His best stuff, honestly, is commercial breaks. Yeah, I was gonna say the reason I know him the most is from the between because he, he can talk to anyone, he can have a conversation with anyone, yeah. And his rapport with just people that no one sees on TV, or just him talking to the audience. I do like his voice, yeah, but it's because he has an accent. Maybe makes yeah. him sound smart, <laughs> uh, but no, it's tier three for me. Yeah, it's tier three. Hey guys, it's a tier three. Oh matchy, matchy, matchy. Good thing. Thanks, Seth Myers. All right, let's go to uh, the chin himself, <laughs> yes. Jay Leno. Born hey, in 1950. Hey, 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 how's it going, guys? Let's talk about Jay Leno. So let's talk about the uh, timeline of his shows. Oh, uh, yeah. So he, he hosted The Tonight Show from 1992 to 2009. Should have been Letterman. Absolutely. Do you want to get into that? <laughs> um, no, not yet. I think we all knew, even though well, what? that was nineteen ninety two. Before we talk about talk it. about his, yeah, his, okay. his history, and then so he retired. He five years before two thousand nine. So two thousand four, mm-hmm. he's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna retire. Conan's gonna take over. You know, <laughs> whatever that accent is. And then so he hosted the Jay Leno show. He took like six months off, and he's mm-hmm. like, I'm gonna do the Jay Leno show from two thousand nine to two thousand ten. Yeah. And NBC got nervous, and they said, Hey, Conan's not getting the ratings that you got because Jay Leno was doing great. He was getting six million views a night. And they're like, Conan's not doing so well. Do you want to come back? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I would love to come back. I miss it. (laughs) Is it Jeff the Talking Mongoose? Yes, (laughs) that's exactly it. And then he came back and did The Tonight Show. We could talk more about that as well. Should have been Conan. From 2010 to 2014. And now, well, actually up until last year, he did Jay Leno's Garage. So he's just been involved in TV (laughs) from 1992 to 2022. And he he was a stand-up comic who he actually appeared on The Tonight Show for the first time in in, uh, 1977. Mm -hmm. And he was one of the ones that was invited over to meet Johnny. And he appeared on, on Late Night with David Letterman a bunch of times. They were good friends. But let's get get into a little bit of the schism here because like Zach mentioned, when Johnny Carson was going to retire, he wanted David Letterman to take his place. But the studio was like, no, no, we want Jay Leno. He's going to be more marketable. He's Mm -hmm. not as weird as David Letterman. Yeah. Because Letterman was already established on Late Night. Yes. The show that became Conan's and Fallon's and everything. Yeah. Yeah. He started it. He's a weird dude. They said, okay, we're we're doing Jay Leno uh, for The Tonight Show. And that that put a kind of a wedge between David Letterman and Jay Leno and started the talk show Wars. Yeah. Then you get, and we can get more into it later on, but we keep saying we'll get into it. So let's just get into it now. When he left The Tonight Show, he was kind of forced out. Yes. The studio kind of said, eh, you're done. Well, yeah, it's because of contractual negotiations with Conan. Yes. So Conan's agent said, um, well, you know, Conan's doing the late, uh, late, late show or whatever it was yeah, called. Late Night, late, late late night, night with, with Conan O'Brien. Right. He's going to get offers from, we'll, we'll go to Fox. We'll walk to Fox. And they're like, well, no, M- NBC says we want to keep him. Yeah. says, fine. How long does Jay Leno have on his contract? Says, well, five years. So then in five years, the show is Conan's or we walk. So yeah, Jay wasn't ready to go. No. And Conan was a little premature on this. Yeah. And I don't know if it was Conan, if it was an, his agent, a combination they're in. But basically they said, um, if you don't give Conan the show in five years, he will leave. Didn't Jay Leno seem like he was built for baby boomers? Yes. Like his comedy was I, baby boomer centric. I've called Jay Leno a CBS host on an NBC show. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 
because just that was the type of people that were watching it. And now Jay Leno, he he had bits like um, jaywalking, was jaywalking, hilarious. where he walks people, asks people simple questions, yeah. like what color is the White House, and they can't, they don't know. Right. Headlines was amazing. Headlines where he does weird headlines and all that, uh, like from small towns and and misprints. I actually think his monologues were pretty good. No, he's a, he's a stand-up comedian. That his was his thing. Interview style was the worst. He was very like antagonistic, very, and he would tease them a lot. And I don't know. He was mean. He's it seemed mean spirited. I watched a video, um, and you guys should too. It's it's actually Conan going on to Letterman and talking about a little bit what happened. Okay, and that's funny. They both have bad blood. Yeah, against Leno, they had bad blood. Yeah, you know both of them, and they were talking essentially about how. Jay Leno was an extremely funny, extremely talented mm-hmm. guy, but he was kind of a brat. Yeah. And, that, and then he got a, a huge show. Like yeah. Killing in the ratings. So it, I don't know, it, the, the way that all kind of fell, I think Leno came out the villain because he, fit the, you know, yeah. people, well, because then what, court of public opinion, we didn't really, Conan gets pushed out. We didn't really get to that part yet. Yeah. So what happened is Conan takes over the Tonight Show and then seven months later, Seven months, uh, he, Conan was kicked back off the Tonight Show, and yeah. Jay went back in. And it was um, essentially a matter of ratings, right? So, mm-hmm. so Leno goes off, uh, ratings fall for the Tonight Show. Well, one when of Conan the, was there, and then they they say, hey, well, let's give uh, Leno. You know, he's not leaving show business. We'll give him the Jay Leno show. Well, the lead-in is always so important when it comes to. Uh, lead-in being the show before yeah, that yeah. leads the other one. The show before the Tonight Show, right? Mm-hmm. So, Jay Leno show was getting terrible ratings. Yes. So then there was nobody tuned in yeah. to the station. So, of course, The Tonight Show was getting Well, and they said, well, we're going to well. push The Tonight Show even later. And to Conan 12.05. Yeah, Conan essentially said, no, we're not going to do that. That's The Tomorrow Show. That's not to The He's like, Tonight yeah, Show. We're not going to do that to The Show. I'm walking away. Yeah, mm-hmm. Jay Leno was, was going to uh, have a half-hour show yeah. that was going to be on at 11.35 Eastern. And then uh, they would, he, you know, Conan said, no, I don't want The Tonight Show to be at 12.05. I don't want to push Jimmy, uh, at the time, Jimmy Fallon mm-hmm. was doing the show after. He's, I don't Carson Daly even later? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Carson Daly into the next week? <laughs> yeah. Yes, and please. So, he, so Conan said no. Um, so mm-hmm. $45 million later, they settled, and Conan was more or less fired. I don't know if Conan ever got over it. No. No, I, I, and we'll get to that when we talk about Conan, but I do feel like that was kind of, that was the end of his great stuff. Oh, he did I, some I, good I stuff disagree. after that. But I think, I think so. the great stuff was on late night. I think so. we'll get there. Nice. We'll get there. Some of his best work was on TBS. So anyway. what do you think about Jay Leno? Jay Leno is a tier two. Tier two. Because okay. he knows how to be funny. His monologues are funny. His segments are funny. I just don't like the guy. <laughs> uh, Joel? I think, so I'm going to disagree. Oh, oh uh, yay. Because I feel like I watched uh, segments of headlines and jaywalking and I was belly laughing. I always love yeah, those. But just as a chin waggle. Mm. But I really do enjoy those segments. Yeah. I think he has some good writing in the comedy bits. And he got some really big gets on guests. He did. And some iconic moments for The Tonight Show that really made it the staple is I'm giving him a tier one. Wow. Because I feel like in the pantheon of great talk show hosts, there are three that belong kind of in that He's area. He's one of them? He's one of them. Well, because oh. it, it was for a long time. It was there. It was it was Leno and Letterman. That was the two. Yeah, that well, we were I mean, but that's who, that was who was available, right? We'll do our Mount Rushmore at the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I um, cannot disagree more. I hate Jay Leno. Yeah, that's <laughs> totally fair. Um, but maybe it is 
uh, not to throw out the age thing, but maybe it is a little bit of an age gap thing. Um, so I did find myself laughing, and that's why I, I mentioned earlier, I tried to separate the host from the show. Mm-hmm. I do think the Tonight Show with Jay Leno was a successful show. Like, it was it was entertaining to watch to a certain extent. But Jay Leno was the worst part of his own show at every turn to me. I don't like his voice. I don't really care for his comedy all that much. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, I, I actually like Jay Leno far better on Jay Leno's Garage. I actually think yeah. that's a pretty good show because right. I, I like cars. cars especially and it's about just it. him being like, yeah, and the, the thing I have over here, and it's really, I, I like the car a lot. It's really good. We're going to drive around. <laughs> so wait, is that Jay Leno's show or Mike Tyson's show? Hey, punch him in the feet. No, it's it's just not for me. And yeah. so for, to me, I, I if I never see another Jay Leno clip on The Tonight Show, I'll, I'll be very happy. Tier three. Okay, good. Hot we all good. disagreed. But it's a Yay. Finally. At the end of the show, we're going to have to talk about what we actually disagreed on. Yeah. 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 It won't be much. Well, it only seems right now. We need to talk about David Letterman. David Letterman. For 1947, he hosted Late Night with David Letterman from 1982 to 1993, and then The Late Show with David Letterman on CBS. So it's Late Night and Late so Show. So from NBC, and then he jumped to CBS from 93 to 2015. And essentially, that's, been the night show. that's yes. because he was, he was, he was the... Uh, so Johnny Carson led into his show. When Johnny Carson was going to retire, he was going to get that show. When he did, and he's like, fine, I'm going to CBS, and I'll make my own show. Yeah. And he brought all the segments with him that he could. Stupid pet tricks, dropping objects off the roof, top 10 lists, of course. Will it float? Uh, yeah. I honestly, guys, I David Letterman would probably be one of my ultimate favorite talk show hosts. We watched him all the time growing up. Yeah, this, was, this was the show to watch. Mm-hmm. This is one where I didn't care what the guests were. What time were you supposed to go to bed as an early teenager? Could you stay up and watch this whole show? We would as a family, yeah. Oh, like, really? Because it was like 10.30. Yeah. I mean, that when I was an older. I, well, I was supposed to go to bed, but I'd stay up and watch all of David Letterman. Yeah. I loved this show. This was my introduction into late night shows, really. It did help that my dad was obsessed with late night, like almost okay. from the beginning, and he'd tape them, and then he'd show them to us. So maybe I saw him on tape. Sure. But we definitely watched these all together, and and Belly laughed almost You know what's funny time. is like, and I used to buy books because there was like a new book released every six months of the top 10 list. Yes. And I used to buy them. They're not actually that funny. But for some reason, I loved staying up just for that part. Well, in the top 10 list, like, he'd be like, you know, the top 10 things a dumb guy would say. And yeah. then you do these things. And and always the number two is the funnier one mm-hmm. because he wanted the big laugh before it because he just closed after the third yes. one. So, after the first one. This is the one I've been to. I went and saw a late night oh, really? late show with David Letterman <gasps> in New York City. Really? Um, I remember because they, they had the... I heard that there was a lady with a clipboard or a guy with a clipboard walking around in the front of the theater. Okay. And if you talk to him and, you know, ask for tickets if there were any available, they would put you in the show. I also knew that they would give you a quiz to see how big of a fan you were. And so this, we were walking in New York. We went to Rupert G's Deli, which is around the corner. We oh, thought it was so cool. Perfect. And then we get up there and the woman with the clipboard is like, oh, hey. And we start talking to her. And we're like, oh, is this David Letterman? She's like, yeah, yeah. You guys interested in seeing a show? And we're like, absolutely. We're big fans. Yeah. And then she asked, uh, started asking questions and she said, okay, who was David Letterman's first guest on? And it didn't matter because I knew the answer. And I went, Bill Murray. Oh. Because I knew that he was the first is, guest on Late Night and on oh, Late shows Show. I was going to ask. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. she was actually kind of the one of those, oh. And we got on the bottom level oh. near the front. What? Because she realized we were big fans. Who nice. Were the, who were the guests? It was your... Elizabeth Hurley. Nice. What? <laughs> and uh, Brian Wilson. <laughs> oh, really? Brian, oh. Wilson, Brian Wilson played with the band. And there were, I think it might have been someone else too. But it was an amazing okay. experience. We haven't really talked bands a ton. Tell me your thoughts about Paul Schaefer. I think Paul Schaefer is a very talented musician. How are his comedic skills? Not as good. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think he's he's like a super annoying anteater. 
but I, he was necessary for the show. He's kind of like comfort food at the same time. Yeah. Like I liked when he threw to Paul occasionally, but then sometimes I'm like, don't let Paul say more than a couple words. Yeah. I prefer the more conventional, just having a sidekick there as opposed to the okay. band being the sidekick. Sure. Yeah. Not my favorite. Yeah. But uh, David Letterman is known for his dry, sarcastic humor and just bizarre, bizarre. antics. Yeah. Like just putting on a suit made of Alka-Seltzer and dropping himself in a in a water tank. The, the yeah. Velcro wall jump. Velcro wall jump. <laughs> Even Stuart Petrick's and Stupid Human Tricks. I was always entertained by those. I think the reason to watch were his interviews, though. His interview skills were great. Mm-hmm. But you guys talk about being mean. Letterman was quite uh, acerbic, shall we say. Yeah, little, one of the more famous ones being the Paris Hilton post-prison mm-hmm. when he she's she's just out of prison and there to you know talk about her fashion line and all the other stuff and she he's like so you know very casually like so where do you live yeah how have things been yeah how was prison did you make yeah. friends there or, and she's like getting mad like i don't want to talk about this yeah. yeah he definitely did poke the bear when it came to guests yes. there uh, were some moments of misogyny particularly with madonna absolutely famously. well i think they're all no madonna was that. madonna was a horrible guest yes yeah like that was a, that was one of the ones where we were watching live and we were like, "This is so." Incredible. Of the most viral before that was a term clips. I think Letterman has the the most yeah. uh, guest viral clips. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the craziest stuff happened on this oh, show. Sure. Some planned, some not. Yeah, my wife wanted to bring up the her her uh, impression of not she didn't do her impression of David Letterman, but she feels like he evolved very well over the time. Yeah. If you think about it, like he was kind of more in the the early age, right? So uh, you know uh, the lead in of Johnny Carson mm-hmm. to even. His Netflix show after he left mm-hmm. uh, CBS, he his humor evolved. His the way that he communicated with the guests evolved with time. I think in a good way. Yeah, for well, making him still relevant. And I really like in his heyday, we were loving every minute of Letterman and watching it all the time. But I do think near the end, he got more bitter and cynical. Really, I think around the same time Conan did, and mm. I just feel like it's. Near the end, it wasn't as enjoyable of a watch. I would agree with that. But I will never, never not love the, the early days. Like So every year for Christmas, we would watch when he would have uh, Jay Thomas on, who's uh, kind of a comedian guy, mm-hmm. and they would throw a football to knock a meatball off the top of a Christmas tree. And then Jay Thomas, before that, he would tell the greatest story in the world, which involved the Lone Ranger. And then Darlene Love would sing uh, Christmas Baby, Please Come Home. We'd watch that every single year. And that Once was again, like made it feel Christmas. This was destination viewing at that time. Yeah. You just don't have that anymore. No. Uh, but I'm definitely giving this one a tier one. I, I David Letterman is maybe my favorite host on here. It's it's debatable, but it's wow. right up there. It's tier one. Yeah? I mean, yeah, absolutely. It's tier one. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's tier one. And next up, we're going to talk Stephen Colbert. Born 1964. He's a contributor on The Daily Show with Jon Stewart. But then, just a few years in, from 2005 to 2014, he hosted The Colbert Report. Which was a spinoff of The Daily Show. Yes. Where he played that same character. Yeah. Definitely a character at that point. And that's the thing. It's the character of Stephen Colbert. So important to understand that that was a satirical character. And it was hilarious. Yes. It was so funny, especially when he'd have a guest <laughs> and the guest would already be sitting at the desk and he'd be like, everyone, please welcome. And then uh, I don't know if he'd say the guest name, but he would run from side stage to the desk like he they was a celebrity. There. Yes. Yeah, I he'd wait for the applause and they'd have to wait for him. Loved it. But then he jumped into the late show, taking over for David Letterman from 2015 to present. As, as I understand it, he w- was ready to be done. He was ready to be done with the Colbert Report and just... Go into retirement. Quit while you're ahead. <laughs> he he was ready to do that. And essentially, being able to replace Letterman was too big an opportunity to pass up. It's a him. huge opportunity. So he did 11 seasons on the Cobell Report uh, on Comedy Central, and he's done eight seasons on The Late Show uh, as Stephen Colbert, the regular guy, not the, not the character. 
Why do I hate the regular guy but love the character? The character's great and the regular guy is fine. He's so unctuous, smarmy. He's every version of smug that exists yes. in the thesaurus. I really can't stand him. Really? He is a guy that has made his current career based on politics. Yes. I would have thought that during the pandemic when these shows kind of shifted to nobody watching that he would have disappeared because I, I think he has the least viral amount of clips. He's, he's not a great interviewer. He's, he's interviewing. He's really his, not. It's his best skill. He I, is. I, a, see, like, he's no, a, the real person. Yes. I don't think he's that good. He's Compared to his comedy. That's the difference. He's not funny when he interviews. Right. He's not, he's not facilitating a good time. And no. to me, the best ones do that. Right. Um, he's, he does get thoughtful interviews out. His best one is his Keanu Reeves one talking yeah. about the afterlife. I just don't think he listens to his guests. I think he's thinking about what he wants to say next. I, I think it depends on who, if if they are having a more intellectual conversation. Him talking to Ricky Gervais is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he does get bored with a guest. I think that's what it is. He kind of just goes I, trailing off. 100%. I'm not a big fan, to be honest. I like the character, but on moderation back in the day. Mm-hmm. I, like, I liked him as, as the segments on The Daily Show, I think was his peak. It was great. And then Colbert Report, I didn't really watch as much. Oh, you should have. And I, but I saw bits and pieces, and then the he even hosted like the White House uh, Correspondents Dinner 2006 in that character is perfect. Yeah. Oh, and then even when he went over to the Late Show, uh, the political focus just got a little more serious, and I didn't like it. Avid dislike from me. I would have put him in a tier two, but I didn't have room in tier two, so he's down in a tier three. He's a tier three. I put him in tier two. Okay. It was, uh, he's my lowest tier two. It mm-hmm. was a debate in my mind between him and Trevor Noah. Right. Um, I guess maybe the similar thing. I, I am not a fan of the overly political thing. I think, you know, poking fun at the situation. Yes. Is it fine. needs to happen. I mean, I, I mentioned it earlier and then didn't mention it when we talked about Jay Leno. But like Jay Leno basically making his career off and making fun of Monica Lewinsky. That's <laughs> one of the reasons I hate him. Hey, it's and so Hugh true. Grant. Yeah. And, and O.J. Simpson. Yeah, and the Hugh Grant stuff and the O.J. Simpson stuff. Yeah. Oh, man. The one thing I didn't bring up before, but he, he was in the trial for Michael Jackson. So they said you can't make jokes about Michael Jackson. Mm. So his way around that was he would step back and let a guest comedian come in like uh, Roseanne. I remember one time. Yeah. Come in and do the joke about Michael Jackson. Then she'd step out and he'd go back to doing his sure. regular monologue. So I Fun think a little workaround. that to me started putting me off on like the some of the political stuff. Yeah. And so the fact that that's mostly what Colbert is based on it rubs me a little bit the wrong way. But you've laughed at him before. I have. Uh, I like the Colbert rapport. And I, maybe I'm just letting some of that good feeling continue. I, so I put him in tier two. Well, okay. But the thing is, we're going to get some hatred towards that because people love him. He is one of the higher rated shows out there now. It's late show with Stephen Colbert. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think 2. Said, 2. 2.1 million, though. But still, out of all the ones that are out there, he's the highest. Yeah, but people that watch broadcast TV. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I'm like judging people. Wow. Watch TV. I appreciate that there are different flavors available. And yeah. And that's the thing. If you look at it, like while Leno and, and Letterman were happening, you had different flavors mm-hmm. there, right? It's not yeah. the same, samey thing. So for that reason, I do appreciate that you can get something a little bit different right. than, than, you know, Fallon or Kimmel. I and th- think they're all the same at this point. They have become very similar. Except for one. Except for post, well, post pandemic, mm-hmm. a lot of it's same, very, very homogenous. Let's talk about James Corden. <laughs> you want to save him for last? <laughs> James Corden, rest in peace, because his show... He's not dead. ...is over. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's not dead. His, he's born, his career might be. Born 1978. He starred in a show called Gavin and Stacey, which that's where he hit big fame at that point mm-hmm. uh, in England from 2007 to th- 2010. And then he hosted the Late, sh- late, Late Show from 2015 to 2023. So this is after... 
Craig Ferguson. So, so no, this was after on CBS after Letterman and then after after Colbert. Colbert, yes, okay. and he took over for Ferguson. Uh, so I the, remember when he took over this show. I was rooting for the guy because I remember him from some British shows and from two episodes of Doctor Who. Two episodes Who. of Doctor Who. And I was like, Stormageddon, Dark Lord and of begin all. again, I was like, hey, I'm rooting for this guy. He seems really charming. And then his show started <laughs> and his show happened. And he has become, I think, next to Gwyneth Paltrow, one of the least liked celebrities out there. Wow. Yeah. 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 Have you not heard stories about this I've guy? I've heard stories. It's like crossing. Who knows if they're true or not, right? It's like yeah. crossing Jimmy Fallon with Ellen. <laughs> which early on their careers would have been a very good thing. Would have been fine, but as of late, not so much. And I think he's tried to find a format. In fact, we're going to talk about another host, but he's copied a format of a very popular British talk show. Yes. Where guests talk to each other, and it's so humorous, except for Corden doesn't know how to interview. Nope. He, he needs to be in the spotlight at all times. Yes. I, he always I makes it about it's him. kind of the kid that's like, hey, look how funny I'm being. Aren't I being funny? Yes. Because yeah. I'm loud. I, I, that joke didn't land. I'm going to say it again. Yeah. Yeah. Because that makes it funny. Um, so this is the fourth iteration of the Late Late the Show. They had uh, Tom Snyder, then Craig Kilborn, and then Craig Ferguson, and then James Corden. Craig, Craig, Craig Kilborn. Said, by the way, the show's done. I said fourth and final. This yes. is the fourth and final iteration. Uh, he kind of killed it. As far as I'm aware, he's not been replaced. Yeah, they're yeah, fully. I think, un- I think they're, they're full done. Fully canceling fully it. Done with it. Yeah. Done. At midnight, we'll replace. But that he, time it slot. really was because he. Yes, actually, I know it's coming back. What? Yeah, uh, it's Carson Daly. He's going. <laughs> but he no, never left. But James Corden actually went to CBS with a pitch for a sitcom mm. and was like, this is what I want. And then they ended up being like, I like that guy. Let's give him a show. I like that guy. And he's come up, come up with two of the worst sketches in late night history Carpool with Carpool Karaoke, Karaoke and the Crosswalk and musical. the Crosswalk music. Hard disagree. You would. <laughs> I really do like Carpool Karaoke. No, it's fine. Because every it's, time I watch it, I enjoy it's it. It's fun to see these celebrities singing, but he can't stop being in the limelight. I don't know. I've, He's like, look, listen to my voice. It's like, we're here to watch a celebrity sing. I, I enjoy the Into the Woods. Car- I think it's fantastic. I love Carpool Karaoke. Best segment out there oh, right now, currently. But Crosswalk well, Musical? Currently. Can he be forgiven? Crosswalk the Musical? I also enjoy. Stop it. I also enjoy that. I enjoy oh, Spill Your Guts on. and Fill Your Guts. I enjoy the acting out an entire film career in like one segment where they kind of do the costumes. You're the one. You're the one watching. I watch them on YouTube. I don't watch them live, but I do enjoy no, them. There, oh. there is not an ounce of self-deprecation here, and I no, hate he's, that. My yeah. favorite ones are self-deprecating. He's anti-Conan. Yes, he is anti He definitely... Uh, that, and that, I've heard that's a lot of what people uh, say is the problem with modern-day hosts, is that early on, the hosts were like, uh, I, it's ridiculous that I have this job. Yeah, uh, this yeah. whole thing is ridiculous. What what on earth? Why am I famous? Johnny Carson, what is happening around me? Yeah, why why am I famous? But these guys are like, oh yeah, I'm in the cool kids table yeah. now. That's, that's what Kimmel seems like as well. Yeah, Kimmel mm-hmm. and Valen and Corden, I think, have a little bit of that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do. I enjoy it. And what are you giving him? A tier two, because oh, I enjoy. Super high. I enjoy, I, <laughs> It's, it's so actually, high, Joel. It's actually the middle, Kent. No, that's so high. I do enjoy certain segments of his, uh, like I said, Carpool Care. I watched the finale. Oh, his stuff with Tom Cruise is hilarious. Because those, Tom Cruise is funny. Those remotes with Tom Cruise, I laugh every single time. It's very funny. He got lucky a few times. I think he he has some definite weaknesses in the de- at the in desk. Comedy. But, and... I do enjoy some talking. segments of Tier 2 for me. <laughs> Let him finish. <laughs> Um, that show would be better with 70% less him. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't, can't. It's got 100% less him now. Thank goodness. Oh. And you know what? I just feel better about that. I no, think the universe I, feels better. 
I really don't like Corden. I think he's become the Nickelback of talk show hosts where everyone loves to pile on. Easily. The, the difference is... Except for Nickelback made money. He's losing CBS $20 million per year. <laughs> no, I uh, tier three for me. Tier Easy. three. Tier three. Probably my lowest. It is my lowest. No. Yes. I will never watch a clip. Bottom of the barrel. Do you never watch the Tom Cruise stuff? Nope. You should. Nope. It's quite funny. I was out years ago. And the, one with the, the carpal karaoke with Adele was really good. I can't stand Adele talking. <laughs> that's why it's so funny to watch. The only she's great when she sings, and that's it. <laughs> oh, so for our Adele show, mm, please eventually. No. Um, let's continue on with that same program with Craig Ferguson. Craig Ferguson, born Craig. 1962, hosted the Late Late Show from 2005 to 2014. Uh, he also was on the Drew Carey show. Do people remember this? Yep. Yeah. I watched so much of the Drew Carey he show. He makes Drew Carey jokes all the time. Okay. Yeah. He played Nigel Wick from 1996 to 2004. Yeah. And he was such a different character. I remember I actually didn't start watching Craig Ferguson because I was like, oh, he's Nigel Wick. I can't really see him as a comedian, even though he's a stand-up comedian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he did 10 seasons and 2,058 episodes. And his co-host was a robot skeleton <laughs> named so Jeff Peterson. Weird. And, and? And built by Grant Imahara and from the Mythbusters. And who else? Secretariat. Oh, Secretariat the <laughs> Two horse. guys in a horse costume horse. that yeah. stood there by a door and would come out and dance. Which in the last episode, summons. they take off the mask and it's Bob Newhart, which made me laugh. <laughs> oh, that's kind of cute. They had puppets in the cold open. They, they did what they did what what did we learn on the, on the show tonight at the end? Yeah. It was so casual. This show was so casual. Here, here's what he did is he had the camera three feet in front of him. Yeah. And often he'd look right into the camera, whereas someone like Johnny Carson, there was 30 feet from between him and the camera. Yeah, he was working the crowd. And then anytime he would have, Craig Ferguson would have an interview, he'd have those blue cue cards, right? Right. Of yep. the interviews that they've rehearsed. Pre-prepared questions. Yep. And he'd, he'd sit there and he kind of put his feet up on the table and he'd go, you know what? Rip the cards. Every single Every time. time. And you're like, every time it works. And then he would ask the most random questions. His guests would always be caught off guard. Mm-hmm. And he was amazing at interviews. And if I have one regret, it's that I didn't start watching The Late Late Show in 2005 through his whole career. Yeah. Because he is an absolute tier one. I think Craig <laughs> wow. Ferguson wow. is a comedic genius. <laughs> to me, he, like, I was watching him for maybe two years straight. He hit my funny bone every single time yeah. I watched him. I why, love him. Why did the show end? He decided it was, he it was because of, it was no, it was because of the the uh, was tonight, it the new guards the sort tonight of stuff? show. Yeah, the tonight show shakeup that happened. Okay. Uh, once they started moving stuff around, his show kind of got struggled and struggled in the ratings. And then he was going to get the late show gig, but, but then it went to Stephen Colbert because they said ah, Ferguson's too much of a niche performer. So and he was he's a he's a cult favorite. He yeah. is, but. I'm part of the cult. <laughs> uh, the clip I watched of him uh, interviewing was with Ricky Gervais, and it was hysterical because they, first of all, Ricky Gervais just sits down and he looks over at the horse and he looks over at the skeleton. And he's like, what have you got going on here? And then he's, the, Gervais is like, this chair is actually kind of uncomfortable. <laughs> so they like, he gets him all comfortable. He gets all settled. He puts his feet up on the chair and mm-hmm. they're, they're relaxing. Craig's leaning back in his chair and I'm like, Oh, what am I watching? And why do I love it? Yeah, this is, it was it was hilarious and a very um, refreshing uh, take on the media. Unpredictable. Yeah. So for me, for sure, tier one, Joel? tier three. <laughs> I knew what? it. Listen, listen, James Corden. It's not my change your style. mind right I, now. I remember I'd I'd sit there and like I said, leave the TV on, and this would come on, and he'd be like, there'd be like random puppets. And the skits were going a little too long at the beginning. Oh, perfect. And then he'd stand up in the It was honestly like he hadn't rehearsed. They hadn't scripted. It was just him being like, that's all right, good. that's a joke. What, what are we going to do now? How about we just sit Mr. here and point at this couch? And that would be the do for like oh, five minutes. So funny. 
And it was like it was like David Letterman, but without the the charisma behind it. No, I think he's all charisma. I actually really do like the way he talks. Once again, maybe it's just yeah. accents. But every single or time, or maybe more energy than charisma. I'm, I'm not saying I didn't like him, but I think he belonged in the tier three because it was. This is one of the last ones I liked to see. Like it was, it was like this one was like, you're, oh, I better turn off listen. the TV. And then Carson Daly came on. I'm like, yeah, definitely. Zero percent <laughs> political, right? Doesn't that bump him up a little bit? Yeah, he's little not bit. one of those guys. He was like honestly a saving grace of late night sh- because I wasn't even watching Conan really uh, sometimes on TBS at this point, but also it was TBS. Mm-hmm. He was the destination viewing for me at that time. Yeah, I just didn't like. I didn't. Wow. Like it. It, like it is definitely the alt comedy yeah. talk show. Yeah, it's hosts. much more loose and and unorganized, and it just oh. to me it just it felt like it's a my rehearsal. Candy. It felt like a rehearsal more than a show. Yeah, isn't it so refreshing? Joel, he had a TARDIS on his desk. I know. Did that do anything for you? I enjoyed you that. Bump it up. No, no, no it's okay. still too fine. 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 James Corden, though. Okay, we've talked about him. Bits of James Corden. Tier two. You're acting like I put him on a pedestal. It feels like tier one. We've talked about him. Like he's so amazing. I just I feel bad that he is. I think just underseen, you know? Oh, Craig Ferguson. Yeah, yes. for sure. He's not, uh, people are like, what? I never saw that show. It's brilliant. And it's, it's sad. Yeah. It's mm. not that sad. It's, it is. Okay. We've talked about it in the entire show. Uh, let's talk about Conan O'Brien. Conan O'Brien. Born 1963. He has done so much that we know, right? So he wrote for SNL from 1988 to 1991. And then he jumped to The Simpsons to 1993. Um, so the best years of The Simpsons. The best years of The Simpsons. Are when well, Conan there was, was monorail. There were like six great years. Yeah. But not to say Save that. Save our Simpson show. Not to say that Conan was the reason they were good. No. But he was on the staff when it was the best. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but then he jumps to Late Night with Conan O'Brien, taking over for David Letterman from 1993 to 2009. And I would say this is during that silver era of late night TV because the sketches he would have, and granted, the early couple seasons of Conan. Honestly, it's not until he accepted the pompadour. When he actually let his hair be tall? Yes. Yeah. That's when he realized how funny he could be. And that's when Andy Richter was like, let's just let it happen. And his sketches became amazing. There are so many different recurring sketches I could talk about, like if they made it uh, when they drove the desk oh. around in the year 2000. In the year 2000. Uh, Walker, Texas Ranger lever. Oh, I love the lever. And then when they had the uh, interviews with the people, it was just their uh, a video, like a picture of their face with the mouth. Charlton Heston. Yeah, or, or Arnold Schwarzenegger, Schwarzenegger. Or Bill Clinton. Triumph uh, satellite, the insult comic dog. Satellite channel surfing. Oh, yeah. Um, I really did enjoy so many aspects of Late Night with Conan O'Brien. And I wonder, is it just because of our generation? Was he speaking to us? He was. Because this really well, that, that did that he's hilarious, right? Even his remotes. Oh, right. I think the that's Civil War era baseball one. Mercy. I love that sketch. <laughs> yes. That was so funny. No, when he's um, when he's traveling, when he's when he's out there amongst people who don't necessarily know who he is, mm-hmm. it, he flexes some unique comedic chops. Yeah. That I, the, the other sh- uh, talk show hosts don't have. Well, and he no. walks this fine line of just self-depreciating the entire time but then acting super macho and overconfident because it's funny. Yeah. Like he makes fun of himself the whole time. And like we said, where the other guys are just kind of like, eh, yeah, I'm awesome. And it's like, no, Conan did it right. Yeah. He is uh, the perfect kind of wall uh, to bounce things off of people when they're like, he'll let other people be funny. He'll help them be more funny. Mm-hmm. He'll bring the funny out of boring guests. I, I like the way he interviews a lot, Yeah, be- but it's not just ridiculousness. He'll, he'll get in there and he'll have good conversations with people. Mm-hmm. And you know, he'll, he runs the, the gamut of what you want to see from a talk show. But host. for me, it's the most refreshing thing is when someone is being hilarious on a show and it cracks Conan, like Norm Macdonald, every time he's on every that show, time. Bill Burr, uh, <laughs> Norm uh, Macdonald and Bill Burr, Paul Rudd, 
Yeah. Oh, the, the I mean, time. The Mac and me bit. The Mac yeah. and me clips. And he gets so mad when he's caught off guard. Yeah. Yeah. And Joel, you're right. It is maybe a generational thing. And maybe because I felt a little rebellious watching Late Night with Conan O'Brien because mm. it was after I finished watching Letterman. Mm. And Letterman got kind of boring near the last 20 minutes. Unless there was a good band and it's generally Pearl Jam or something. <laughs> but then I was, I stayed up to watch Conan and I knew I was supposed to be in bed, but I felt so rebellious watching this show. And so it just hit at the right time for me. Well, and when he started, he got really bad reviews. Yeah. Like Conan's first show, really everyone was bad. like, this kid's not going to Once last. again, his hair was too flat. Yeah. But then yeah. Uh, I was actually, when David Letterman appeared on his show, that was a turning point for him because... David Letterman loved Conan O'Brien, mm-hmm. and he just kind of said, yeah, this kid's great. I'll go on a show. And David Letterman didn't really go on other shows, but he went on there, and that gave him a big boost. And when David Letterman said, yeah, well, I like him, everyone kind of went, well, maybe we should too. Yeah. And they gave him a chance, and he became a ratings monolith, like just big yeah. boom. Of course, we already talked about the whole Tonight Show thing where he went on the Tonight Show for like seven months and then got kicked off again. And then he was he couldn't go on another show yeah. uh, until the end of the year. So he just kind of gave this comedy it, his tour. His comedy tour is like legally prohibited from being on TV tours yeah. like that. Yeah. NBC also has made all of the episodes of Tonight Show disappear. You cannot find them. <laughs> really? Yeah. All those episodes of Conan, they're gone. Which is sad because I don't know. Well, I've, well, seen, I've seen little bits because like yes. uh, Twitter tracker. So where, where he got the nickname Coco was on that sketch. And Tom Hanks actually is the one who gave it yeah, to him. And Team he said, Coco. He said, like, he, he said if, if this catches on, I'm going to sue you, Tom Hanks. <laughs> and now he's known as Coco. So, Zach, you mentioned how he had some of his best stuff on TBS, mm-hmm. which I'd agree. I thought he was actually hilarious in that show because it was a little more unrestrained. He could kind of own it. Yeah. But he lost most, well, he lost every single character in Sketch yes, because NBC nice owned that one. So yeah. what what did you like from the TBS I, I era? Just, I think that it featured Conan, the, the comedian, a little bit more. Okay. I thought that the... Um, it was a little bit less ridiculous skit mm-hmm. and more just kind of, I don't know, being funny. Okay. I, I always felt like Conan was the reluctant host. He kind of didn't want to be there. He kind of mm-hmm. like made fun of it. The way he always came onto the stage by jumping on his mark, doing the little Intro hip dance, pants. cutting the thing, and then touching under his jacket and yeah. all that. Like he always seemed to admit that he's just, this is a thing that we do. I don't, I don't know. It's kind of weird, but mm-hmm. here we go. And on TBS, uh, it's the only time... I ever consistently watched any of these guys. I actually recorded the show on DVR and watched it all the time. Love it. See, and I feel like, from my perspective, like late night was when I loved Conan O'Brien and everything yes. he was doing. Certainly, it was at his peak. Almost everything he was doing. Some of the stuff, a little, little edgy. Yeah, um, sure, my cup of tea. But uh, I feel like the experience with the Tonight Show, because I even I remember watching when he left the late night and when he like the premiere of the Tonight Show. So when he left the Tonight Show. And I feel like that really jaded him and made him a little more bitter. And he became, I think he became a little more jaded on the Conan show. Yeah. And a little more bitter, a little more cynical, Mm -hmm. and a little less interested in what was going on. Mm. And I I still, I still enjoyed it. The politics did start to I still enjoyed it. Yeah. And politics started creeping in as well. But I really, I watched some of those late night clips, guys, and I was laughing so hard that this was, this and David Letterman are the ones I kept going back and watching more clips of because I'm like, I just like like, so much. Clips of what though? Of the, late night? The sketches? Yeah, some sketches, the some games? interviews. A, a lot of what I'd look for is I'd look for the the highlight reels, like when yeah. they had their 10th anniversary or something, mm-hmm. and they I show all up. I have all like, DVD right now. They're so fun. Yeah. See, uh, uh, and I, I'm trying, uh, please don't take this as an offense, but like then, like you liking uh, James Corden makes more sense, right? Because I don't really, that that's not the reason that I go and watch it. I literally want to see the monologue and the interviews. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I'm, and the sketches are fine. Yeah. You know? Like they, um, 
the, what they would do on TBS where, you know, they'd go and he, the one guy who worked there, I can't remember his name, Jordan? Yeah, something? Jordan. Yeah, they, he was always giving him Jordan a hard Schlansky. time. Jordan yeah. Schlansky just hated Conan so much. And I see, I thought that was pretty funny because it did feature, as much as I don't want to, you know, have Corden make it all about himself, it did, it did feature Conan a little bit more mm-hmm. in a way that was good for him. But if you want to see the sketches and stuff, I'll fully admit, yeah, those were better. But much it wasn't even just sketches. Night. It was like inter- like clips from interviews and yeah. stuff like that is what they show. Like when, <laughs> when, what's her name? Jennifer. Ah. Uh, Jennifer Garner. Jennifer Garner. When, yeah. she Snuck. Corrects, when she corrects him on Snuck versus Sneaked and then he pulls out a dictionary and proves her wrong. That was a great moment it's to watch on, live. Yeah, Anytime like, Rebecca Romaine yeah. was on the show. Yes. When they did. And he did the tissue kiss. Yes. And then he like get, he gets a kiss from her, like flings his chair and starts celebrating. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I think we all agree comes in tier one. Oh, though, tier right? two, actually. I ran, out of, I ran out of tier one. So you I liar. Give it, I lie. It's of tier course. one. This is your most that. tier one, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Except for Craig Ferguson, apparently. It's, it's Conan and then Craig Ferguson oh, and then please. Letterman. I'm not even lying. Uh, we'll talk about our Mount Rushmore after. As I was going through this list, my wife described Craig Ferguson as the Scottish Graham Norton. So oh. I'd like to now talk about the Irish Graham Norton. <laughs> it's Graham Norton. Born 1963, uh, and he's hosted, by the way, relatively new show. I thought it had been going much longer. Uh, it's, be- it's because it was on uh, the BBC, uh-huh. and it looks like it's from the 1970s. Because <laughs> the quality's that bad? The quality's horrible. It's a very shiny show. It's, it's a very like daylight-driven show, yeah. but started in 2007, still going. And it was, if you don't know the Graham Norton show, it's because it's on the BBC. It's a British show. Yeah. And it only airs like once a week. Is that like what he, it is? He's done 30 seasons, but only 507 episodes. Yeah, it's not a nightly thing. And why is Ian, Ian McKellen on every episode? Because <laughs> it feels that way. <laughs> I love, so the episode format obviously is a lot more loose. It's generally two or three celebrities on a couch mm-hmm. hanging out with Graham. Drinking wine and, dr- and chatting. Lots of alcohol involved. Yeah. At, and I think the environment and the alcohol uh, equal just a very different vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> And it is it, uh, British television, which means they fly language. a lot faster and looser with the language. It, it feels like a campfire where someone's telling a story, trying to make everyone else laugh. Yes. Right? Rather and, than just telling the audience to laugh. And the collection of guests is typically kind of all over the place. Yeah. You have people who don't necessarily know each other. It's mm-hmm. Every once in a while, it's like, oh, here are these three people who are in the same movie. Mm-hmm. But overall, it's, you know, you have Helen Mirren, uh, Chris Pratt, and, you know, some Michael Fassbender. Yeah, Michael like Fassbender. That, yeah. well, it's just a, a random grouping. But it ends up working because they start yeah. to interact with each other. Typically, you know, we've talked about they'll interview people on most of these late night talk shows. And maybe you'll have, so you'll probably have two interviews and maybe interview one sticks around. Yes. And, but yeah. generally not. Right. Yeah. But when you have this sort of, I like the campfire analogy, it does equal some of the more uh, shareable moments as far as viral videos. And, and that's whatnot. where I'm at. I watch 10 minute clips at any given time. That's probably the majority of what I've seen. Because I've yeah. never, I don't think I've ever seen a full episode. Oh, yeah. But I love these 10 minute clips. They're I cool. love them. It, it's British humor. And so it insults everyone. It, I think everyone feels humbled up on stage, even Graham Norton. And mm-hmm. I think that's totally works. Yeah. And the guy knows how to ask questions. Really? Yes, he has the cue cards. Yes, he's prepared. But he's really good at just digging a little bit further. It's, it's, it's the push. Yes. He's good at just pushing everybody a little bit further, mm-hmm. and, but also highlighting them in doing so. Yeah. Um, the the video that gets shared a lot that I think is super funny. It's John Krasinski on there, talking about going through customs, and uh, the, the the customs agent looking at him, being shocked that he's married to Emily, Emily Blunt. Blunt. Yeah, uh, you. Um, then there's another hilarious one that I can't talk about on Bacon Sale about Obi Wan or uh, uh, Ewan McGregor getting recognized as Obi Wan Kenobi in Carpool. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so many of these very the Tom Hiddleston sh- impression of Graham Norton. Fantastic, yeah, very shareable, very funny moments. Yeah. 
And that's the thing is it is it's clips for me as well. Yeah. I I, uh, I don't think I, I I enjoy seeing the clips, but I don't know if I'd enjoy watching full episodes. Okay. So it's a tier two for me as well. It's a tier one for me actually. Really? Yeah, tier one. I wish I could watch full episodes, but I don't really t- make the time to. But everything I see, I like. Yeah. See, I watch. Uh, I have YouTube TV. Yeah. And it, it it like one of the shows I'm watching is on BBC. And so, like, the ads for it always play. So okay. I see clips every single time. I'm like, that's funny. Yeah. And for me, he's a tier one. Okay. For sure. So we match on that. Yes. You two do. We yeah. do. Not all of us. We can't match every time. We haven't lately. Oh. And our final host is tonight's show's Jimmy Fallon. Born 1974, uh, he was on SNL from 1998 to 2004. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all you need to say. That was hilarious, right? Because that's an interview with Jimmy Fallon. Uh, he hosted Late Night with Jimmy Fallon, so he took over from you know Letterman Show, Conan Show, and then he went to Jimmy Fallon from 2009, 2014. What a short run. And obviously, that was affected by the whole... Tonight Show thing. Yeah, so he Tonight got pulled Show into thing. That, yeah. And then he's now hosted the Tonight Show from 2014 to now. So if you watch Jimmy Fallon, uh, you're going to see segments like hashtags, thank you notes, slow jam the news. He definitely is leaning into the um, shareable YouTube video clips. Did he popularize playing games on a late night show? Kind of going, celebrities are just like us. They're fun when they're playing games and not being interviewed. I don't know if he he, he popularized. Because I feel like Corden kind of took off from there. I've seen Kimmel do a few since. Yeah, I think YouTube did it too, where YouTube was the one doing it. And then uh, Jimmy Fallon was kind of like, that works. Let's mm-hmm. try that. Uh, and he was like, he really did become the host because of Lorne Michaels, where uh, Lorne Michaels was like, yeah, give this guy a chance. Let's put him in there. <laughs> and they kind of the same thing with Conan, where they didn't want him to go elsewhere. So they said, OK, let's get Jimmy Fallon in as the host, which everyone thought, really? Yeah. That guy? Like even executives and general public were all kind of like the one who could sure. keep character. And yes. that's why his promo before he went on the Tonight Show says, "You loved him on SNL. You hated him in the movies. Now you're ambivalent." <laughs> it's still accurate, which made me laugh. He is, I think, the least political of the new class of com- or stand-up comedians. He's, he's, yeah. he's, he's been criticized. Yes, um, that in, in he's not hard enough. Yes, that people are actually saying like you seem to avoid it completely. Like there's yeah. plenty to talk about, and you which, haven't done it. Back in the day, that's what Johnny Carson did. He was apolitical because he's like, I don't want to alienate the audience. And Jimmy Fallon, for a while, there was, and there was an interview he did with. Like, so we don't get to politics here on Big We try not to. Yeah. Uh, but there was an interview he did with a politician that everyone kind of freaked out on him and said, "You weren't hard enough on this." Yeah, politician. it was a softball for sure. And so then, ever since then, he's had tried to be a little more political and show his political leanings, which I feel has harmed the show. Yeah, me I too. I prefer the apolitical host where they can make fun of both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, because of his band, the roots. Like honestly, his band is a tier one band. Like the comedy sketches, anything involving the roots is great. Yeah, I feel anytime they They're get so the, the keyboardist to crack up, I yeah. start laughing. He was the one who kind of started adopting social media more and mm-hmm. the internet, really focusing on that and trying to get the crowd involved, which has lessened the uh, live TV crowd. Yeah, that makes sense. But that's kind of what they planned to do mm-hmm. was uh, do that. Now, people get after him for the laughing. Because he laughs at everything yeah. all the time when all the, the guests time. are on there. Yeah. And Drugs. People, are <laughs> people are saying that it's so fake. I don't know if it's fake. No, I think he's that happy. I, just think I don't that, think it's fake. That's the guy he is. I think he likes hanging out with celebrities so much. I think it's genuine. He's I just don't giddy. think it's fake. I think he's annoying. <laughs> yes. I mean, honestly, yes, absolutely. Like nice, I think he's just annoying. Uh-huh. He's genuinely uh, excited to be there. Yes. And that's why he's I just a like dog. him as a host because he seemed just so grateful to be there. <laughs> 
uh, he just was like, wow, what am I doing here? And I, yeah. when he laughs, he does, he does laugh a lot at, at hosts. And Worst interviewer on this list. It's not close. Mm, I don't know if I agree with that. You might not be wrong. I, I, the, as far as actual interviews, the games Corden are why you watch. I, I think, I think Corden's worse. Maybe it's a toss up. Corden is diet Fallon. Yeah, that's bad. (laughs) That's bad. Diet Sprite. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But that said, I'm not like offended by who Jimmy Fallon is. I think he's annoying, but I'm not like I can't watch Kimmel anymore. I can't watch Colbert, but I could watch Fallon just fine and be like, he's kind of like Jalen or I'm like, eh, I am ambivalent. Yeah. So for me, Jimmy Fallon, I watched a lot of for a while there, Mm -hmm. Uh, but I do feel like he was one whose show really started to suffer because of the COVID pandemic. Yeah. When he did his home stuff and then he just, the interviews weren't as good and the the content wasn't as good because, you know, they were struggling to do what they could. Mm -hmm. But when he came back full force, I just never think he recovered. And yeah, the show hasn't. Yeah. But he gets a tier two. What do you give him, Joel? Uh, He's up at a tier one for me. (laughs) Tier one. In being that I did really like a show for a long time there, mm-hmm. and I already had way too many tier twos. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, tier three. Yeah. I don't like Fallon at all. I never want to watch his content. Mm-hmm. I actively avoid it every time it's trending on YouTube. Right. And uh, I... Even the I, musical stuff? Don't... I, I hate that stuff. Yeah. It's, it just feels so contrived to me. It's like, hey, we're going to like, let's like randomly spin this wheel and you'll do some oh, impressions yeah, of a song. So it's like, planned. okay, this is pre- those so are, pre-planned. Those are pre-planned. But yeah. The, yeah. I mean, that said, one of the things I did, I haven't mentioned yet, is I tried to find a control. And I did mention Harrison Ford earlier. I mm. watched as many different talk show hosts interviewing Harrison Ford as possible <laughs> because he's one of the most boring people on earth. Yeah. <laughs> and if you can get Harrison Ford to be interesting, then you must have something. He gets Harrison Ford to play a lot of games. Really? He's been on The Tonight Show like five times. Okay. It's bizarre. That said, I'm still just, I, I cannot stand the guy and I will actively avoid this show. He's, oh, made, me, blame you. he's made me hate The Tonight Show. Mm-hmm. But I, I also must admit, because of the way the whole Conan thing went down, I have a bias against The Tonight Show yeah. just to start. And I get so, that. Those two things put together, I just won't. I'll just avoid the show. I think even though he he got me banned from Twitter, I still, <laughs> yeah. I still like Jimmy Fallon. Tier still, one for that guy. He's still got a tier one. I still All enjoy right. the show. I still like his stuff. Not, I don't watch the shows in their entirety anymore. Sure, yeah. But if I see a clip that interests me, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll watch that. Mm-hmm. I think I have unsubscribed from all of them. I used to be subscribed to all of them on YouTube, yeah. and now I'm unsubscribed, and I just kind of see if the if the clip interests me. Right, if it's recommended. Yeah, sure. Product of the pandemic. As mentioned before, I want to hear your Mount Rushmore. So who are the four that you are putting on a mountain as far as uh, late night talk show hosts go? So I've already kind of played my hand here. I would say Johnny Carson, Conan, Letterman, and Ferguson. Okay, Ferguson. Yeah. Okay, Joel? Yeah, and I would probably say it would be uh, Conan and then Letterman and Carson. (sighs) It wouldn't be Ferguson. No, he was tier three for you. Would you say Fallon? Uh, Well, I don't know if I want to say Fallon, though. Or you go Leno. I probably would put Leno up there, honestly, because I feel like he is a staple of The Tonight Show. So they're basically a bunch of Tonight Show hosts. Yeah. I feel like Jon Stewart would kind of need to be on there, though, just because he represented the cable side of it. That's your Mount Rushmore. Yeah, maybe. I, yeah, Leno, I, Leno would be like the one that's recessed into the mountain. <laughs> but the chin would stand, would stand all the way out. out. All the way. <laughs> I think it's funny. Um, you mentioned the names of these people. Yeah. At all of them, it's last name, except for Conan and yeah. Arsenio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everywhere we said O'Brien and Hall. Yeah. Yeah. yeah nobody's like, like oh, firm. yeah, I saw that on O'Brien. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I saw that on O'Brien. <laughs> no, nobody says that. 
But you do say you saw it on Conan. Uh, for me, my list is Carson Letterman, Conan. Carson Daly? Carson, <laughs> Carson Daly? <laughs> Carson Letterman, Conan, and uh, I think I'll just, in order to be different, I'll say Graham Norton. Okay. So literally, we all have the same three. three. Carson Letterman and Conan yeah. on our Mount Rushmore. Mm-hmm. It's just that fourth one, the recessed one that gets uh, yeah. changed. That sounds fair. The recessed yeah. one. Yeah. Well, there you go. Let us know if you agree with our thoughts on our, our late night talk show host. If you have a favorite that we didn't mention, let us know on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We love hearing from you there. But before we go, we'd like to give some love to our patrons, including the I Am The Listener tier. Hey, guess who's in there? Sir and Madam Hicks, Shannon West, Scott Sprague, Ryan and Marley, Rocky and Steph, Lady Terry A. Finley, Juice the Cooler King Swallow, Jennifer Kilkowski, Dave Kelly, Casey Cummings, Briggs is Hot, Angela Plotz, Andrew in the Cold and Dark, and Adam and Rachel Crump. And then we have our baking council, which includes the one, the only Chris Anderson, Stephen, everyone's favorite Ross, Star Wars expert Kyler, our favorite couple, the Madsons, Nicole D. Kale, Johnny English the Brick, Her Royal Highness Jessica Terry, Glow Clint Daniel, Debbie Foster, and Bigger. Thank you, patrons. Thank you, patrons. You are the Max Weinberg to our seven. Well done. Thank you. But if you want to find me, you can find me at 76Joel on Twitter. You can find me performing QuickWits. They perform at the Midvale Performing Arts Center. For more details, go to qwcomedy.com or go to the QuickWits Facebook page. You can find me on Twitter or Instagram at Kenny3DD. You can read my movie reviews at ShowtimeShowdown.com. If you'd like to connect with me, you can do so on Twitter and Instagram. That's at TumblingMustard. But more importantly, make sure you're following Bacon Sale. Please like that Facebook page and go to at Bacon Sale on Twitter and Instagram. While you're doing that, stop by tpublic.com slash Bacon Sale where you can get yourself some merch. I uh, personally got myself a few more shirts uh, this past week. Nice. Pretty excited for that revamp of my wardrobe. Um, And then if you like what's going on here and you want to support us further, visit patreon.com slash bacon sale. Support starts at just $3 a month. You can get all sorts of fun content, but mostly you come for the bacon bits. That's what's fun. Basically an extra show every week, but a lot more madcap. Let's be honest. Hmm. Patreon.com slash bacon sale. So until next time, our apologies to Kate Beckinsale. We ran out of time. Like a minute taller than me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Look at me. Joel, look at me. I'm the captain now. There's not a lot of diversity on this list. (laughs) Glad to have Arsenio here. (laughs) What if I was relatable? Does Seth Myers have legs? If your head could talk, what would it say? You remember Carson Daly? And all the footage is black and white, looks like a snuff film. Yeah, he was Ryan Precrest. Hey, that one punch him in the feet. Every Thethorth th- 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 word. It's like yeah. crossing Jimmy Fallon with Ellen. I can't stand Adele talking. Gordon is Diet Fallon. Leno. And there's got to be an animal out there. Yeah. Was that not in here? No, that was just outside. <laughs> I got to look. If it's a skunk. <laughs> it's like blocked right there. I bet it's the cat. It's probably just a a skinwalker. Check the bushes for a face. No. You guys have to walk out there. Dark eyes. Skinwalker. It's a skinwalker. (laughs)